Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The rule is this. So um, because the Vikings are in the playoffs, but they have a bye week, he can, Shermer can talk to teams this week. And Zimmer went on to say that the protocol is they would come here to talk to him. So I think I saw that the report might have been Detroit's going to talk to him on Thursday or Friday. But he could talk to teams this week. He can't talk to teams next week. And then I think if the Vikings continue to advance, if you go to the Super Bowl, that dead week uh, that's built in there, you can talk to teams again. So, yeah, that's why teams are are coming to him now. I think he's going to get another job, and it's possible he wants to take either a Sam Bradford with him, and that would be fine. I don't think anyone with the Vikings at this point with his knees. But if it was a one-year thing and he went to, like, uh, Arizona or something, and I guess you'd bring Carson Palmer back for one more year. But uh, the Bears, the Lions, the Cardinals, all interested in uh, Pat Shermer right now. Bradford back at practice today. So if the Vikings do run through the NFC and get to the first home Super Bowl yeah. in NFL history, you and I both kind of agree there's some misperceptions about what that home quote-unquote atmosphere might really be like. Well, I feel like there's a lot of people who think if the Vikings get to the game here that it's going to be just this festive Viking-like skull crowd. And I keep saying this. The Super Bowl is a destination for really rich people. And guess what? These people are coming Regardless, they are they it's a corporate event. And so I am not insinuating that Vikings fans that there won't be Vikings fans who who pay a lot and get into the stadium who wouldn't ordinarily go. But what I am saying is if you're there's a thought that there's going to be thirty five thousand Vikings fans. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, people don't plan to come to or most people, I should say, don't plan to come to this game because of the teams playing. They plan to come to the game because it's a place for rich people to be seen. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of I mean, maybe there's studies on this. What percentage of those 70,000 seats, if it's not a Vikings game, if it's just uh, let's say it's Patriots and I don't know, Eagles or something. Sure. What percentage of those 70,000 seats are Minnesotans? Do we have any any context for that? When the Super Bowl was played in in other areas, when the Super Bowl was played in uh, Indianapolis a few years ago, yep. or when it's played in New Orleans, what percentage of the sixty to seventy thousand yeah, people know. are from Louisiana? Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, if we had an answer to that, it might be easier to pinpoint how many. What's what's your base level of Minnesotans in the stadium to start with, and then if the Vikings get there, how many different people would say? Because I I've probably talked to five or ten different Vikings fans in the last couple months. Yep. So if they get there and a ticket costs like $5,000, would you pay it? You know, we're not talking to rich people here, just you know, people who make a living enough to consider the question, mm-hmm. saying, yes, once in a lifetime, I would scrounge up the money. 
I'd tap into whatever I need to to pay the $5,000 for a ticket. And so there'd be a lot of people like that, too. And I think that that, that would be the case for some. But my point is uh, this notion that there's just going to be tickets available, one, is not true. In fact, the Star Tribune had an A1 story on Sunday essentially saying that the Vikings themselves are, are trying to get tickets for corporate sponsors because they're short there. So, like, the Vikings are trying to accumulate tickets to this game that they don't have yeah. for, uh, for their corporate partners. So, I mean, this, pull up StubHub here. this whole, this entire experience in stadium is about being seen. It's about you, you come to a Super Bowl for the Super Bowl experience. And because I, I also got the question of, well, if the Vikings are in the game, is it going to hurt um, the, the amount of people who travel here? No. No, you're yeah. still going. You the people who plan to come here are probably plan to come here for a couple of years or a, a year. I mean, the the only thing that might impact that is if you have some people who are regular attendees of the game who say, "I'm not going to that game because it's going to be too damn cold there." That I could maybe see. Wow. So here I I, I have pulled up on StubHub six five one six four six eight two five five. By the way, if you're a Vikings fan and you're waiting to see if the Vikings play in that Super Bowl. Would you pay thousands of dollars for a ticket? Because if the answer is, yeah, a lot of people would, then that's where the StubHub money's going to come from. People are just going to, I mean, it's going to come from all angles anyways, but especially if the Vikings play home Super Bowl. Um, the get-in price on StubHub right now, just to get in the door, is yep. $3,200. Yes. I think that's correct. Yeah, the get, yeah there I is the lowest price. The get-in price is $3,200, and that's upper deck, end zone. I you be- know, you're sitting I way up. I believe the cheapest get-in price face value ticket I saw in a story was something like 900 and something. Face value. So yeah. those are sold out, right? Yes, I mean, those are, yes. Yeah. But, but my point is, but the Vikings did say that if they get it in the game, they'll be allotted more tickets then and subsequently could turn around and sell those to fans for face. Yeah. But you're not going to have a ton. And once again, the cheapest ticket I saw at that price, 900 plus, up to like, I don't know, 3000 Yeah, if you want to sit lower bowl in the corner. All these say row to be determined. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's like there's... They haven't determined it yet, but if you want to sit lower bowl right now, StubHub, $4,400 per ticket. Yeah. 651-646-8255. Hey, Paul, you're on the show. Happy New Year, boys. You hey, too, Paul. man. I, I wouldn't pay thousands for that, but I would pay hundreds to go do a sit-in with Mackie and Judd. Wait, you already did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get that planned out, for a Paulie. good cause. <laughs> yes. I have a concern about their offense because I, to even talk about them making the Super Bowl uh, without addressing this, I, I think, is folly. Uh, I didn't hear Matthew's whole segment with you guys today. Is anybody talking about their lack of offense the last couple of weeks? I know Green Bay was outside and it was cold, and they may have just been coasting and maybe even you know a couple of days ago, but they're not generating touchdowns, and that's not going to hold water against the Saints or the Rams, to tell you uh, to tell you the truth, anybody talking about this? I think Judd is a little bit more panicked about this than I am the I'm, last couple weeks. I'm not panicked. I am slightly concerned. Now, now the one thing that... I'm not that panicked. The one thing that they did do in retrospect against the Bears, and, and I didn't think the first half was very impressive, but the one thing they did do against the Bears that you did like was they uh, they had the ball a lot. That's the most important thing to me. The most important thing in, in a playoff game is, is Paul, you're, 
You're right. Scoring touchdowns is imperative, but it's also imperative that you don't put your defense on the field for extended periods of time. So if your offense can possess the ball as well, and in retrospect, I think in the Bears game they did a pretty good job of that. The Packers game was bad, but I did, but I pointed that this out, and I think Collar disagreed with me a little bit on this one. The weather in Green Bay was awful. And moving the ball, this is why I don't want to go to Philadelphia. This is why I have no interest, despite despite their problems, I have no interest in playing a cold-weather game on a bad field in Philadelphia. So I've got... Uh, you don't have to worry about that, because the Saints are going to go there and demolish them. I, you might yeah, be right. There's a pretty good chance. Thank you, Paul. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that the Eagles are going to lose before before you get there. I have. I, I, let's expand. I want to take another call here from, from Dave about Super Bowl tickets, but... I have three reasons why being nervous about the Vikings offense is premature based on the last couple of weeks. But uh, Dave, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Yeah, hey guys, just this morning, I, I can't speak for a $5,000 ticket on StubHub. I have no doubt that that's true, but I, was, I think you guys get a good kick out of this. Uh, a good friend of my dad's who's, shall we say, very well off, has season tickets, two seats, to regular uh, Vikings games the last two seasons that the stadium has been open. And with that said, uh, regular season ticket holders, according to him anyway, uh, don't get Super Bowl tickets. Now, I mean, automatically. If you want them, they will allow you to buy some. So he said, yeah, I want to go to the Super Bowl, you know, regardless. They said his two seats, and I don't know exactly where they are, (laughs) 15,000 apiece. Whoa. I'm not making making that up. (laughs) Is he in the shower with Pat Elfline? Whoa! I don't know, but this is true. I'm not making it up. They're not scalpers. This is right from the Vikings ticket office. They offered him for his seats. Not sure where they are. They just said, "Yeah, you can get, you can have your seats for the Super Bowl." But they're He's in, he, for fifteen thousand dollars. I better be in the damn huddle. Those That's must be insane. very, very nice club seats of some sort. <laughs> it would be I don't my know, guess. But I'm hoping somebody else out there. You know, knows more than I, or has yeah. had the same thing happen to them, and offer us all some more insight. You're right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> are they going to come and uh, pick me up my house and give me a back rub too, or what? I don't oh, know. Man, yeah, at that, I, I need more than that, Dave. I mean, that is that's an, can watch it on a call. big screen TV and be very comfortable. What is what, what do you think the average face value ticket price is for the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's not it's not secondary market, but average like. Do we know what the range is? Probably around two thousand dollars is my guess. Average? Yeah. Let's say Probably it's let's say that. it's twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Times seventy thousand seats. That's hundred seventy five million dollars in ticket revenue alone. That's well, tough being the national football league. Tough being Roger dollars. That's why that's why Goodell's going to make forty eight mil or something God. in the next contract. And then you know whatever it costs, you know, however many people, I'm sure each person spends between fifteen and hundred dollars minimum. Just to uh, you know, purchase beer, snacks, whatever it is. Do they jack up the concession prices for a Super Bowl too? Instead of they probably eleven dollars for a beer, is it twenty seven dollars? You just have to hand over a major credit card. It just it's, there that, isn't even a price. That's you just my hand entire over a major point, though. Card. That that's my point. This this wouldn't, wouldn't be like going to a Super Bowl in nineteen seventy five or something where it might be a nice little thing and you might pay two fifty or something, right? This is, people are going to examine this, and you're really going to have to decide, do I want to take a second mortgage out of my house to go to this game, or would I just prefer to sit home and watch the game from the comfort of my uh, house? And the other thing, too, you know, if it's a true home game, 
Mm-hmm. You have the advantage of whenever you want, right? You can fire up the audio. Oh, right? no, you can't do that here. That's uh, you, yeah. So for, for a Super Bowl, you wouldn't be able to fire up the thunder clap. Can you imagine if they did that during the Super Bowl? They'd stop the game and end it right there, and they'd move it to Miami. But, it, it, it'll, but it'll be bizarre because you won't, if the Vikings you know, convert a first down, a key for, you know, third down and eight, and Case Keenum in the Super Bowl throws a little 15-yard pass to Thielen, and it's the Vikings first nope. down, nope. right? And yeah. then you get the... Goal chant. None of that will happen. I think it'll be a very it, sterile environment. Safe to say, right? It'll be a very corporate sterile environment. Uh, not quite as much as it is for a neutral, true neutral site. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the fans will be fun. But my point is the idea. Yeah, you you can't fire up the scold shit. Yeah. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. To Paul's question about the offense. How concerned should you be? They haven't been as electric the last two or three weeks. I got three reasons why everyone should calm down next. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Bring it on! This is 1500 ESPN. Man, we're getting... Reavers, uh, Reavers went to the Super Bowl last year. Reavers just texted him. He said $15 for a can of Bud Light at the Super Bowl last year. So they do jack up the concessions from an already jacked up. <laughs> I was gonna say from a yeah, concession from stand what uh, point. menu. Uh, people are saying, and by the way, we're gonna get to some Vikings phone calls here. I want to give you three reasons why you shouldn't be panicking about the Vikings' lack of explosive offense lately. Uh, David and Mark, we'll get to you guys. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. John says via Twitter here, look what's happened to the national championship game, college football in Atlanta. Tickets in the last 24 hours since Georgia-Alabama made the game, SEC country, mm-hmm. the secondary market tickets have doubled, I guess. Sure. Which isn't that shocking. Plus, it's kind of a home game in in a sense for Georgia. It's such a pretty good comparison, Georgia making it to the uh, to the national championship game in Atlanta there. Yeah, D- Derek says here that, uh, that his season tickets in the Delta Sky Club, 33-yard line, roll 13, 16,500 per seat for the Super Bowl. Jeez. That's the thing about this is at some point in time, I, I don't care how much you might love the Vikings, you're gonna say, uh, I probably most I'd spend is a thousand dollars. But it's once in a lifetime. It is. I understand. You that, only but. get if you're in a cold weather climate. You only you only get a Super Bowl when you build a new stadium. So it's gonna be thirty plus years and maybe never. Now it depends. If it goes well, it's indoors. It's not like being played outside at MetLife. Maybe they'd come back here in ten or fifteen years. One more tweet on this real quick here. Uh, actually, a couple more. Mike says, imagine spending $5,000 each for two tickets and watching a dud of a game. What if you see 41 nothing Part 2? Yep. Uh, yeah, but you're in it for the experience. You're in it for the fact that the Vikings haven't been to a Super Bowl, period, in 40-plus years. Chad said, a friend of mine that has season tickets said he got noticed like a week uh, week 13. Super Bowl tickets were available starting at 10000 up to $20,000 per seat. Mm-hmm. And it looks Man. and it looks like I I googled face for a Super Bowl ticket. It looks like uh, the average cost of a Super Bowl ticket is between at face twenty five hundred and three thousand dollars. Wow! It, so it varies, and it says here uh, the Seahawks Patriots was the exception to this rule. Tickets for that one averaged four thousand three hundred fourteen dollars. Yeah. So again, it ain't going to be seventy thousand skull chanters, even if it is a home Super Bowl. You'll get to sleep in your own bed, but the travel advantage is gone a little bit too because you let's say you're playing the Patriots. Uh, yeah, they're traveling halfway across the country, but they're coming in like five days I early. No, you would actually, to your point. 
I I think they designate those hotels. I think you would have to go. I think I think with all the functions that they do and stuff, I wonder if they would ma- mandate that the home team goes and stays at, at their at their hotel. I bet they would. Because I believe But both, you wouldn't have to fly. Well, true, true. And, yeah. But I believe both of the hotels, if I'm not mistaken, are by the mall. And and the only the only exception I've been told the Vikings would give is right now the setup is the AFC team is going to practice at Winter Park. The NFC team will go to the Gophers new complex. If the Vikings are in it, they'll get to stay in Winter Park. But besides that, I bet you would basically be have to do go through most of the motions that that conference's team yeah. does, just based on assignments to be places, functions, and things like that. Yeah, six five one six four six eight two five five. Real quick here. For uh, we, we had a caller, Paul, our, our buddy Paul, last segment complaining about the Vikings' offense. I've heard this a lot the last few weeks. You know they didn't really step on the Bears' throats offensively. Uh, Case Keenum overthrew a bunch of wide open receivers down the field at Lambeau. You were at that game on the twenty third. Three reasons to calm down. Number one, the Bears actually have, despite common thought, one of the better defenses in the NFL. Top ten points allowed defense in the NFL. The Bears held the Panthers, Steelers, and Saints, three absolute Super Bowl contenders, to an average of 13 points per game this season. And they won two of those three games. The Vikings scored almost double that and had a chance to score more, if not four. This is reason number two, not to panic. Um, Kind of an anomaly, that Chicago game, and then Green Bay for different reasons. You weren't really actively looking to score 40 points at all costs against the Bears, even if you could. You were looking to just not allow them great field position. Mitch Trubisky had zero chance to score points in that game against the Vikings. It took a tricked-up punt return to score a touchdown against the Vikings in that game. And so I watched thinking, and Pat Elfline was out, you know, they're mostly just trying to run risk-free plays. They're running the ball a lot. They ran the ball, uh, well, Latavius had 100-plus yards on his own, and they ran it for like 150 and they yards. And a bunch of clock up. That's true. Yeah. Yes. They, they kind of shut it down in the second half, knowing that the Bears aren't going to score. Let's not be idiots here and throw interceptions. In the Green Bay game, rare conditions. It's below zero. It's windy. The game was never in question because, again, your defense wasn't going to give up points there. So... I almost felt like the play calling, let's shut it down a little bit here, guys. Let's not go crazy. Okay, Keenum's not the most accurate. It's cold outside. You're not going to have to worry about that. Philadelphia ain't going to be like Lambeau Field in terms of weather. Uh, And then reason number three, not to panic, even if the offense isn't the high-powered machine that, that you want it to be, it doesn't really matter because this is the best defense in the NFL. So, you know, we can complain. They still scored 23 points against the Bears. This team wins games. 23 to 13. That's this team's MO. Yeah. I, so I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna here, rip the gap between reality and perfection too. No, much. but here's here's my point. Was when Zimmer gave uh, the statistic, I believe it was at the end of last year or during uh the summer th- this year at a press conference, I think he said the ideal thing is to get to 22 points for us. If my defense gets 22 points for, for them, we will win football games. And he's right. I would have liked to have seen the offense operate more consistently and efficiently in those last two games. The second half against Chicago, I think they did eat quite a bit of clock. Uh, the Keenum overthrows were a little bit of a concern. I wouldn't dis- I wouldn't dismiss it because you are going to be uh, facing potentially pretty good defenses in the playoffs and certainly teams that, that are more engaged than the Bengals, Packers, who just aren't good, and Bears were. Uh, so I wouldn't dismiss it, but as I told you before, it's not like I'm overly concerned about it. I would just like to see, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more. And now case in the second half, I think statistically became sound. So his final box score looks good. 
But that was my point. Yeah, but I mean, like, even like the word consistent is such a nebulous, vague word to me. Because if you, if you look accuracy at, on, on his throws, then they, in the first half, right? But you're not. He's not. He he's not Tom Brady. So I understand he, that. So, but like, I'm saying that's what I I would have liked to have seen. And he's been and he's had accuracy issues all year, and yet they mm-hmm. still win these games by two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like they're winning the game by two touchdowns. I'm just saying, they're shutting dismi- it down. I'm just saying, don't dismiss it. Thielen talked in depth after the game on Sunday about his concerns, and I think they're founded in the fact that you are now going to go a month without playing a really good team, and you're going to have to be sharper when you play that game on January 14th. That's my only point. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey, David. Hey, good morning. Um, sorry, for, I may have missed this, but um, with with the Vikings, when you talked about the pumping the music, things like that, um, the NFC this year, I think I heard. It's going to be the visiting team, so they don't even get to use their own locker rooms. Um, yeah. And then the thing that I'm most worried about when it, the games get a lot tighter is actually the special teams. Um, I'm kind of worried about the kicking game and stuff like that, and uh, that could cost them the game. And then do you guys know how close can the actual fans get if they're going to try to you know, take in some of this around the stadium? How close do people actually are they going to be able to get without tickets? To the stadium? Yeah. Not very. Um, because they're, they're going to set up a pretty wide perimeter downtown. So if you don't have tickets, and, and I know, for instance, that the light rail, if you don't have a ticket on the day of the game, you can't ride it. Yeah. So I think if you don't have a oh, ticket, man, get, getting close to the stadium is going to be, I would take it, my guess, damn near impossible. All right, thanks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the light rail thing is interesting. I, I'd love to see information on how many thousands of people ride the light rail on an average day. Because mm-hmm. there's only going to be seventy thousand tickets, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, and not all of them. In fact, probably only a certain percentage of them are going to ride the light rail. Like, what if only yeah, ten thousand people a, ride the, ride the light rail and it's below zero? The you na- can't. The National Football League comes here and they do one thing: they take over your city. I guess six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey, Mark. Hello there. I was at the Super Bowl the last time the Vikings played. I have the ticket at home. Wow. Twenty bucks. Wow. Yeah. wow. At the Rose Bowl, a good seat, 70 rows up, but right on the goal line. Wow. I saw everything. It was a whole different crowd at the games then. Even in 2018 dollars, that would be like 80 to to $100 today. So that shows you how much this thing has gotten out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I am concerned about the Vikings' offense. This, these negative running plays are just maddening. There's too many of them every game, and and too much running on first down. It's too predictable. He's, okay, but he's gotten but, better about it, but it's still too many runs on first down. I think you guys, Mark, thank you for Thanks, the call. Mark. I think you guys are getting too hung up on these last two games. They ran the ball 36 times against the Bears and 33 times against the Packers, including a lot on first down. Yeah. Not because... Well, this is optimal strategy if we're playing the Rams or the Saints. They're looking at, in a vacuum, the cold weather, the fact that the Packers aren't going to score with Brett Hundley against that defense, and the same thing with a home game against Mitch Trubisky. They're saying the only way Chicago can score is on a tipped interception or a, or a tricked-up punt return. Let's just grind the ball 35 carries. Let's not go crazy throwing passes down the field on a regular basis. Let's do what we have to do to beat these two teams in these conditions. If you're playing a home game against the Saints, which might happen here in a couple weeks, the strategy would be different. You're you're probably not going to run the ball 36 times. I'm not freaked out. What what I'm saying is I'm not dismissing it completely. 
I'm not dismissing it completely because it goes back to, to what I've been uh, saying for a few weeks now, which is you're going to have gone a month without playing a super competitive game. That's what I'm saying. So to dismiss it completely, I think, is a mistake. Uh, the what caller, if I just dismiss it partially? The caller, well, what if I dismiss you it like three quarters reasons, of the way? But I think to just say I wouldn't sweat it whatsoever is probably giving it too much of a pass. Like they've, they completely now, what manhandled the, the Packers and Bears brought, like they were what, supposed to. But what the caller brought up is an excellent point, and it's this. The special teams. Does it make you a little bit leery that you got a new long snapper now? Caller and I talked about that. So now you got a new long snapper. A little. You got a new long snapper. You got Kai. And you know what? Kai statistically on field goals has been fantastic, and I still don't trust him, and I don't know why. Well, well because he can't kick one beyond 50. He's completely untrustworthy <laughs> okay. beyond 50. All I'm saying. And you don't trust him inside of 50. If you want to play the panic alarm, that's the long snapper and Kai make me nervous. I just think it's like one final point on this for now. Like the Green Bay-Chicago games, to sit here and even – they looked at those games, very special circumstances, and said, "All right, let's not let's not be idiots. It's below zero. The wind is blowing. You were at Lambeau. You know the conditions. Yeah, no, I talked about Brett Hundley wasn't going to score. They could barely move the ball. And the Vikings said, "Yeah, Case Keenum overthrew some receivers. Receivers aren't running the same speed that they would in that type of weather. It was just, it was complete special circumstances. Make yourself feel better." God, you are just like Make yourself feel better. Your ability to nitpick the gap between reality and perfection is unmatched by anyone I've ever known. <laughs> Let's take one more call here. CJ, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Thank you guys for letting me get in on the conversation. Of course. And happy new year. You too. Happy New Year. Hey, you happy too, new CJ. year, man. Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. Let's start off with a happy new year. Now I'm thinking too that if if uh, the Vikings can pull these two next two games off and then go to the Super Bowl then I know on paper Mike Zimmer would end up being the third best coach in Viking history. And the reason why I say the third best coach is because he hasn't won over 100 games like Dennis Green and Bud Grant has. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? For sure, yeah. I think postseason credentials matter a lot as no, well. No, no. I mean, I mean, in terms of records of, because you know, the foot, the NFL is all about stats. And uh, when you get to the Super Bowl, and he becomes a, a, you know, a great Viking coach, he'll still fall in the category over time as the number three until he gets. Wait, wait, over wait. If you're saying if Mike, games. if Mike Zimmer wins a Super Bowl, then he's still he's behind Denny Green. Oh yes, sir. Oh no, why, no, 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 yes, no. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The reason why I'm saying that he'll be behind Denny Green is because he hasn't won over 100 games. In order for you to be an elite coach, no matter how many Super Bowls you win, if you don't win 100 games, you still are good, but you still have to get that 100. And, I mean, he hasn't coached long enough to get there yet, but he would be on his way. So you're, you're, weighing, you're weighing, putting a lot of weight into regular season, it sounds like, though. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm saying, you know, I'm not trying to put a lot of weight on it, but I want to get back to, to the real subject at hand. I'm just putting that out there. But the other one is is this, too. Uh, in that Green Bay game, the turf was really slippery yep. for both teams. So, you know, you had a lot to do with that. The ball bounced the Vikings' way, and that was a good thing for them. And, and then in the Chicago game, the Vikings' defense stopped the Bears seven times on the goal line. That defense did not break. The defense was fantastic. So, That's true. Right, right. So so what we need here in this particular case is 
is that even if the Vikings get an ugly win, a win is a win. Totally agree, CJ. Except for that first part. So he was saying I mean, because Denny has more wins that if Zimmer wins the Super Bowl, that Zimmer would still be behind Bud and Denny? I mean, I could listen to the Bud argument because Bud did it for two decades and went to four Super Bowls. Yeah. But uh, the Denny Green argument, that's one decade of really good regular season coaching and mostly playoff failures. Mike Zimmer passes Denny Green with a Super Bowl win this year, but that's splitting hairs. I mean, like Dan Marino had yeah, let's wait. 40 more regular season wins than Joe Montana. I'll take Joe Montana. I'll take the postseason. Yeah. Um, I so anyways, agree. I don't know. Let's come back and talk to Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, and a noted Vikings historical enthusiast as well, Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I don't think there's any curse. I've got a, I've got a uh, crystal ball and I've got a, what is that? A wood spirit hanging in my office, so there's no damn curse. Hey, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. I, it feels like we don't talk about droughts and curses quite as long or uh, quite as much in the NFL as maybe baseball or other sports. Because if we did, the Vikings would be a pretty major talking point going into uh, this postseason. Uh, yeah, anybody with a, with a long uh, view of their history would know. I don't know if it's quite a curse, um, uh, you know, but there have definitely been uh, a handful of, uh, of plays that had they worked out the other way, this, this team's history would be much different. I think the feeling about the curse probably goes back, Kevin, at the farthest to what it would it be, 87? Because I, I, I think you have your really old school Vikes fans, right? And, and th- they went to the four games. And th- there was a seventy-five push-off Drew Pearson game, but yeah. I th- but I think your your newer age Viking fan might start in eighty-seven and actually might start in ninety-eight, and I think I think that m- might be where the curse is associated with this team. Yeah, Gary Anderson. I'm not sure what was the eighty-seven deal. Uh, Darren Nelson uh, couldn't catch the the oh, Wilson right. pass uh, yeah. in the end zone, and I, if he had caught that, I think they would have tied. Yeah, I think they would have tied the game in Washington and sent it to OT. Yeah, I think that's that could just be uh, written, you know, chalked up to a uh, play not made. But a guy who hasn't missed a field goal all season, missing one that would have clinched it, uh, clinched a Super Bowl berth in '98. That's that's definitely up there. The Blair Walsh one certainly up there. Um, I don't know if a curse was involved in '41 Donut. I think they just got their <laughs> no no curse there. Um, but uh, and then the uh, twelve men in the huddle. I don't know if that's curse or just incompetence. But certainly there have been, like we said. Some uh, some curious and rarely seen events that have conspired to to minimize or limit their playoff uh, their playoff success. I'm going to get way out in front here, a month ahead of myself. Speaking of curses and jinxes, because I would love to see Kevin a Mike Zimmer Bill Belichick chess match at some point. Uh, of all the possible head coaching chess matches and and uh, and just like offensive defensive matchups, Tom Brady versus great defenses. That would be one we have. We probably saw it a couple times with maybe the Bengals defense, but not when the defense has been this good against a legendary dynasty like Patriots Belichick Brady collection. Yeah, two, uh, and I think we've used this word before two sav- defensive savants, basically. Um, guys who see uh, what everyone else sees visually, but interpret it, interprets it in different ways and analyzes it in different ways and finds solutions that no one else would find. And so uh, that would, we would certainly, uh, in the old days, spend a lot of ink. Now we'll spend a lot of uh, digital space. Uh, we would spend a lot of digital space discussing what could they, these guys possibly come up with for each other 
over over a two week span leading into the playoffs. A lot has to happen before that, uh, but I would uh, certainly be interested in seeing, especially uh, Mike Zimmer's uh, answer to how to stop Tom Brady and uh, would it simply be um, what has stopped him before and getting that interior pressure, or would he come up with some other things that would throw him off guard? But that uh, that is a conversation we, you know, with all luck for Vikings fans, will be having in a few weeks. Saints, Panthers, and Rams. Who, what team do you most not want to see here on January fourteenth if you are the Vikings? Well, I mean, I, I like their matchups against all of them. You know, to me, even though they lost the Panthers, um, you know, to lose by one score at the end of the game on a big on Cam Newton making a great individual play suggests that they are, you know, it's a pretty pretty tight matchup uh if it were to come back at home and so you know the one thing and i honestly like the one the one matchup that would that would concern me simply because you worry more about the unknown is the rams and just not knowing you know what type of team would show up you know they've they've been a pretty high scoring uh opportunistic team uh, throughout the, the season uh defying expectations that that no one thought that they would come anywhere close to to reaching uh, and with Sean McVay, we don't have a long history of how he'll uh, react to uh, and plan for a playoff, uh, you know, have his team ready for a playoff game. But the unknown of, of what they might have in store and what they could pot- and knowing how creative Sean McVay is, mm-hmm. um, that would worry me to an extent. But I don't think any one of those three teams would come in even as the favorite. I think those are three teams that the Vikings – you know, if they played each other ten times, would would beat them the majority of the times. Can you make a a case for me, Kevin? Does this time Vikings wise feel different to you? I, I mean, of all of all the playoff teams that, that you've covered here closely, does this one feel like it's got an, an opportunity to be different? And if so, what feels different to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say you know, even including the 2009 team. Um, and I didn't cover two, uh, 1998, so I can't say how I felt about them then. But this is the first time when they've entered the playoffs where I felt they genuinely should be not just a contender for the Super Bowl, but really arguably a favorite to to get there and potentially to win it. Um, you know, the, the, the Carson Wentz injury, uh, you know, you, you, it, more and more it appears that you can't write enough and talk enough about the impact that that's going to have on that team. They're still... The Eagles still have the home field advantage, but it, I don't think anyone believes that they have a great chance to advance given where their offense has gone and some of the struggles of their defense as well. And so uh, the stars have aligned, I would guess is the best way to put it, really for the first time since I've covered the Vikings for them to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, everybody, for the most part, that's been involved in this push in the past two months is healthy. Uh, it's going to be on the field and it's going to have, uh, uh, you know, rest, um, an extra week of rest. Uh, there, there are really no huge holes or, or, or needs for people to step up uh, beyond what they have done already. If they just keep playing the way they're playing, then there's not many teams that you would say have a great chance to beat them. And that's what feels different to me, I would say. Uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. It's it's the number one scoring defense, the number one yards per play allowed defense, uh, historically great third down defense. You could keep checking these boxes. And yeah. if you do some cross-referencing to the 2015 Broncos and the 2013 Seahawks, the Vikings are right there, if not even better, in terms of resume and defensive profile. And now, now you had Peyton Manning. It wasn't the same Peyton Manning with that Broncos team. And then Russell Wilson. So I would, I would for sure take Russell Wilson, even the limited version in 2013. But those are defensive 
uh, leaning teams that won the Super Bowl, and the Vikings are are right in that mix. It seems, Kevin. What do you when you would you compare them? Is it fair to compare yeah. them to those two teams? Sure, sure. I I think you can in their own ways. They're not necessarily as uh, I mean, they, everybody, all three of those defenses have their own personality, and and I guess what I would say about the Vikings is it just probably what stands out about their defense relative to those other two is just how balanced they are. Um, I was looking at something for another story I'm working on, and there, you know, this is arguably the best tackling team in the NFL. And when you are good at tackling, um, and it sounds very basic, then it doesn't matter whether teams running the ball or passing the ball. They have allowed against the run. This is the best only way to track it. But against the run, they've allowed the fewest yards after contact in the NFL, and it's not even close compared to the next team. And so. Once they get their hands on you, and, and they're, they're obviously running to the ball because if the first guy misses, the next guy's going to get him. But once they once they get their hands on you, for the most part, you're down, and that minimizes big plays, whether it's run or pass. And that is probably, if you had to pick out one thing about this defense that, that, that stands out, is just how competent they are at the very basics um, that would sound you know obvious, but we all know the state of tackling in the NFL. We all know... What, how that has hurt many other teams, but they are as fundamentally sound, um, I think, as as any defense that we've seen in a while, and that's what would stand out to me about them compared to the others. But I think it's all it's all fair to to, to bring that topic up because, generally speaking, there's been always exceptions, but generally speaking, if great defenses can overcome great offenses in the playoffs, and that's what we've seen often, and we saw it in that Broncos run. We saw it in that Seahawks run. Um, that's that's mm-hmm. a very very strategic weapon to have in your in your in your wheelhouse there. Ted Thompson out. You surprised? Only because it, I you know I, I was used to do the NFC North blog at ESPN. And, I'm aware of and, that. You were very and, good yeah, at it. I, I might have mentioned that before, and that was ended five years ago. And I remember basically every year after that, every year during the the time when I when I was doing the blog that that would be a question. You know, or the Packers going to keep. You know, Ted Thompson is. You know, is there a point at which he's just going to acknowledge that his job is really to be a super scout and have somebody else make the the broader decisions that would allow them to pursue free agency more frequently and have a more well-rounded approach to their team? Um, and finally, you know, five years later, they, that has happened. Um, I mean, overall, he has built a great program and a great franchise. And obviously, having Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Fallen to his lap in his first draft was very uh, key to that. But um, we've seen other teams draft good quarterbacks and still not be able to compete as much as the Packers have during Ted Thompson's tenure. So he's had a very good tenure, a very uh, convention, uh, I guess a very conventional tenure in terms of the way he built the team, but uh, really bucked the current trends and still managed for the most part when Rodgers was healthy to always have a, a team contending for the playoffs. And that's, uh, not something we've seen too many other franchises over that 13-year period uh, be. And so now we'll see. Um, we'll see if they if they totally uh, uh, flip over their their front office, or if if there's somebody there that they want to promote and just basically re- reorganize the current the current staff and and, and go from there. Uh, real quick, one last thing: If you lose your coworker John Gruden to the Oakland Raiders again, uh, how do you think that plays out? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's interesting that you know the 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 uh, the Raiders would be trying to create a buzz in a, in a market where they are basically lame ducks for the next couple of years. But in terms of, and you would think that that's at least part of it, trying to create a buzz. Maybe it's when they move to Las Vegas eventually, but they're in a very weird spot. But um, 
I think uh, I think John Gruden's a really good coach, and you know, I don't think he forgot how to be a good coach during the the nine years he was gone. And uh, they will they will get a bump from that. Whether they can become a Super Bowl contender or not, I don't know. But um, he's won. He won in both of the places he was a head coach. Uh, the year after he got traded from the Raiders to the Bucks, the Raiders and the Bucks were the two Super Bowl teams, and you can't take that away. And so, I think he's a really good coach. I think he'll be good for them. Um, and and whether he can take them to that final step, who knows? But. Uh, that's and, and and if it costs ten million dollars a year, that's no one's problem except uh, the owners, and it's not like it hurts their cap or anything. So it seems like a good idea to me. Uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com. Good stuff, man. We'll Thanks, talk Kevin. Soon. Hey guys, thank you. All right, talk to you. Uh, last time John Gruden won a playoff game, care to guess? Uh, the last time he won a playoff game was probably when Tampa Bay went to the Super Bowl. When they won the Super Bowl, yeah, was the last two thousand two season. Was yep. the last time he won a playoff, and game. so he's going to get he he stands to get ten million an ownership stake, correct? That's going to I don't my guess is a small the ownership, ownership stake that would have to be approved, I think, by the other owners who have zero desire, I'm sure, to set that precedent. Yeah, because if he gets an ownership stake, and I'm a credible head coach that's been doing it for the last ten years, mi- minority in- investors approved. Like if you're if you're the majority, if you buy the team, then it definitely has to go through the entire process. But if I give you, if you come coach my team and I give you, let's say five percent, do I have to get you approved, or can I just get that through? I would I would think that you have to get that approved. Here's that's, the, a, that's an insane precedent to say. Here's the genius too: you go from coaching in California for for a, a year to Vegas, where you have no state income tax. Now that's you get to keep the ten million dollars. So yeah, so then yeah. you're pocketing everything basically. Right. It was genius to wait 10 years until there was a team in Vegas. Uh, John Gruden, mastermind. Uh, We have another hour plus to go here, and a lot more football and Viking stuff. In fact, we should get into the Ted Thompson thing. This division outside of Minnesota all of a sudden is in disarray. (laughs) It's imploding. Front offices and coaches, we can get to that. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgag. It's a cultural wasteland filled with inappropriate metaphors and an unrealistic portrayal of life created by the liberal media elite. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash 5K and 10 Mile. It's coming up Saturday, March 24th. Bring your lumberjack best to this Minnesota-themed event that features a top 10 U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ photo booth, and activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Registration is open now. All runners will receive a Storm Creek long-sleeve quarter-zip tactical pullover. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. This draft and develop strategy, it it doesn't work in this league anymore. Do you know how bad I would like to see, like the Packers drafts or get someone like Kenny Galladay from the Lions? Do you know how bad I would like to see? I mean, Latavius Murray was was running all over the place for, I mean, someone like his ilk. I'm I'm just not sure, guys, that the Packers have anyone um, that doesn't get injured. You know <laughs> that. Um, can deliver the goods. Go, Pat, go! Aaron Rodgers, I know he wants to play for a long time, but let's be realistic and think, okay, I don't think that's going to happen. He's got probably three years left, I bet. And you don't know how that shoulder's going to hold up, so this year's draft is really important. So you're going to probably have to get a quarterback somewhere in this draft. 
And I was the pride of the belt bowl, one of those two quarterbacks, that belt bowl. That was a good game. Go, Pat, go! That belt bowl. Didn't we all watch the Belk Bowl? I mean, it was the Belk Bowl. <laughs> Wake Forest and who, who did I say? Texas A&M? Yes. Oh, I mean, the Belk Bowl is where it's at. I love it. These guys bring these super strong takes, and then at the end it's like, uh, I watched a bowl game uh, with eight <laughs> Miller Lights in me last night. It was really I don't even, I don't really know who played, but they scored a lot of points. Who, who are the quarterbacks for those teams? No clue. But just draft one of them. <laughs> Pick one of them late and play them. And replace Rodgers. Now we're now Rodgers is out of the league after a couple oh, years. Oh, football fans. Um, on our Patriots-Vikings conversation here, uh, it, that would be a really fun matchup in a month. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Vikings have to win a couple games to get there. But people are tweeting us here. Chad says, and this is a valid point, the two Super Bowls the Patriots lost were against the Giants' defense that could get pressure with the front four and play man-to-man defense in the back. I agree with that. You don't have to bring extra blitzers and you know bring six to get pressure. You could get pressure on Tom Brady with your front four, and then you have lockdown Xavier Rhodes. The biggest strategic question would be who defends Rob Gronkowski, and I think the answer has to be Anthony Barr or Eric Kendricks. And if they can't, he's going to catch ten passes for a hundred yards. I think the biggest strategic question in that matchup, in my mind, is this: What do the Patriots do to Keenum? What do the Patriots do? Not, not so much what can they do offensively because it'll probably be tough, but what can they do with two weeks to prepare for that that offense? Because I think there's ways to stop it. With two weeks to prepare, what could they do to hold hold the Vikings and Keenum to, let's say, a touchdown? That would be where Belichick would thrive, I think. Because there's ways. I'm telling you, I think if you get if you play press uh, coverage on Diggs and Thielen and beat them up the entire game, it's going to make a big difference. That's a huge assumption, though. I mean, you can say on paper, here's the way that you would beat mm-hmm. Thielen and Diggs. You would just jam them off the line of scrimmage like Alabama did to Clemson last night. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we're also talking about two of the quickest and probably most cerebral wide receivers in the NFL sure. in Stephon Diggs and but Adam my, Thielen. But my point is, I, I don't think the Patriots, I, I don't think it would be so much the Patriots uh, dissecting the Vikings' defense, which would be tough to do. I think it would be Belichick and the Patriots uh, dissecting what they could do defensively to Keenum and that offense. That would that would be what, what I would most be. I'd be very curious to see. And then if Shermer would have an answer for that. Yeah, I mean, the whole Keenum dynamic in general is why, you know, I think Minnesota would be absolutely not the odds-on favorite over New England. I mean, they're, most of the sports books have the Vikings number two behind New England, but more people would be taking the Vikings even more seriously, like they did with the 13 Seahawks, like they did even with a broken-down Peyton Manning, if you knew more about what you were going to get from the quarterback spot. If you knew that he was a first-round pick blossoming, it's all about perception, right? The fact that Case Keenum was unproven and undrafted and is having this pop-up season Mm -hmm. makes people wonder how long is it going to last. I wonder how long is it going to last. Of course. If you had the same exact performance and he was even younger, let's say he was 25 instead of 29, Mm -hmm. and he was a first-round draft pick from like two years ago, like Carson Wentz, you'd say, oh, this is... This is the beginning of a 10-year run for yep. Case Keenum, but there's still a degree of skepticism because of his lack of resume, background, pedigree up until this point. If 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 you replaced the, just the resume of Case Keenum with first-round pick 
and uh, showed some promise last year, and well, this sure. is a breakout year. Yeah. I think almost everyone would say, "Yeah, this team, this team can punch toe to toe with the Patriots." Back up, though, to me, to me, the the intriguing thing uh, in the playoffs is Rams or Saints. I think Rams or Saints would would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be tough. The dynamic about the Rams that that I, I actually think would would be fun is this as well. McVay Zimmer with the Vikings defense against the Rams offense. Wade Phillips, though. Wade Phillips is a great coordinator. Wade Phillips is really good. And if you don't think that that he didn't go to school off that first game against the Vikings here, you're absolutely crazy. If you played the Rams, Wade Phillips would have, I think, some significant adjustments defensively for how the Rams would approach the Vikings yeah, offense. Of course, the Vikings can go to school as well. And sure. that's where it that's gets to be like a that. level four chess match. So 